I'm Sonia Rita, and this is Running on Optimism, the podcast for amateur runners or really anyone drawing inspiration from something or someone in their lives. I'm so excited to share my conversation with Shanna Miller, nine-time marathoner and 38-time half-marathoner. Shanna shares what it's like finding her love of running at 40 and her 10-year running journey that most recently brought her a BQ and is also behind the inspiration of her unique running apparel shop, Stiletto Running. Shanna is offering listeners a 25% discount to StilettoRunning.com using the code OPTIMISM. So check it out and check out this episode of Running on Optimism. Yeah, so I, so I saw that you ran Chicago just a few weeks ago, and that was number nine for you, right? Yes, yes. That's awesome. Um, and you've got Philly coming up this weekend. I'm actually not running Philly. It's, um, a half marathon in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Why did I think you were running Philly? Well, I think I, when I posted something about races this weekend, I know like the last big race that everybody knows about is probably Philly. Um, I think there are a lot of races still going on this weekend, but you know, the smaller races, I don't think people really know about. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for half marathons, you've already done 38. Yes. That's awesome. So before we get into all of that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? And uh, how did you, I mean, you're at marathon number nine. Where did it all start? (laughs) So I am from the Boston area. um, Originally Um, grew up there, lived there until we moved to Connecticut about 15 years ago. Um, moved down here for my husband's job. And at the time left my full-time job in the fashion industry and became a stay-at-home mom. And um, probably about, I don't know, three, more like six years or so after we moved here, um, and math is off, but um, after becoming a stay-at-home mom and just joined a gym and met a bunch of girls we're all triathletes and Ironman and marathoners. Oh, wow. And it always worked out, but um, running was so far out of my spectrum. Um, and I was turning 40 and thought, oh, well, maybe, maybe I could do this. And then rather than just saying I could do this and start running, I said, okay, I'm turning 40. I'm really going to make a bucket list. I'm going to run a half marathon. And so that's... Um, that's kind of how the running started <laughs> for me. So were you an athlete before? Did you do any other sports in high school that kind of um, gave you that competitive feeling or the, the desire to get out and do a sport? Um, no, I didn't play competitive sports. Um, I was a swimmer, but, um, you know, it was like, um, you know, small kind of team things. Like it wasn't, I didn't swim for my high school or anything like that. Um, and I grew up dancing. Uh, dancing was a huge part of my life. My mother was a dance teacher and owned her own studio. And so I started dancing at three years old and continued on through college. Um, but that was uh, really the gist of my athletic abilities. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I was pretty coordinated and athletic, but uh, no competitive sports. And um, no, I mean, like I said, running was definitely not something that ever interested me. <laughs> that's so interesting. Like, that's incredible. And so you saw all these women doing these triathlons and Ironmans and, and what about what they were doing was like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go for 13.1 miles. That's my goal, you know, cause you could have done a 5k right? Right. or a 10k. Right. <laughs> so what, what about what they were doing inspired you to go that far ahead? Um, I guess I almost felt like I had some catching up to do at 40 years old. Um, Some of these women had been running for many years and um, maybe not catching up, but I felt like there was such a, um, a nice camaraderie that they all had together and going out for long runs, you know, like the hour and a half, two hour runs at that point. And it just seemed like a fun thing to get involved with. So I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know why it was so intriguing to me to skip the 5k and go for the half marathon. But I, I, I think it was um, 
my age, like turning 40, I felt like it was something that could be who I'm going to do this. It's a big birthday and I'm going to do something big for it. So I think that's kind of where it stemmed from. I love that. And I love uh, before we started chatting or before I started recording, I had mentioned that part of what compelled me about your story is this whole concept that age is just a number. Um, did you ever feel starting running at 40? Did you ever feel like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, like I said, growing up, um, running, you know, gym class, when you're told to run, it was horrible. I hated it. Um, and, yeah. I, and I think uh, I, my favorite memory of trying to run was, um, I think it was my junior or senior year in high school, my best friend and I, I don't even know why, because it's not like running now it's like you see it everywhere you see marathons yeah. on tv and everything um it wasn't such a big thing when I was in high school but we said oh let's let's see if you know maybe we want to become become runners so we bundled up it was probably like 60 degrees but put on sweatpants and a sweatshirt and ran out of my street and either direction went uphill and we got to the top of hill and we both said this is the dumbest thing we've ever <laughs> decided to do and we walked back home and that was like my stint with running when I was younger. Start, you tried running once and it was like, this is stupid, right? Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And that whole yeah, thing so about like in high school, they ask you to run that one mile and I'm like, I can't, or oh my yes. God, my knee hurts. Yeah. And now we yeah. pay money I to wished, run 26.2 miles. I know. And I wish I could remember, like, you know, you always hear about people saying when they ran the mile in high school, they kind of remember what their time was or they remember how awful it was. I don't really remember running the mile in high school and I'm sure we had to. I think it's been a thing that's been going on for many years, but um, I, I wish I could remember. Like, I just remember hating it, <laughs> but I just remember like what, I wish I could remember what my time was and if I ever thought, could I get faster or any, it, it just never stayed with me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> until now. But, yeah, um, for me, I I won I'm pretty sure I completed it at least once, but I honestly wonder if um I really managed to make it to the nurse for each one of those those runs, so maybe that's right. why I don't remember. Right, right. <laughs> so you did this so your first your half marathon was when you were 40, not before, right? So like yep, you started yeah, running like before. Okay, start it right at 40. So which yep. which race was that? Is that the same one that you're going to do this weekend? No. So that was, um, at the time it was called the Iron Horse. Um, they've since changed the name, but the race is still going on. It's in Simsbury, Connecticut. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was my first half and I had turned 40 that April. Um, I would say like February, March, I started training for it. And then the race was in June. Okay. Um, and in the middle of that, my friends that were all distance runners already said, you know, you probably should try running a 5k, like as part of your training, just so you know what it's like to stand at a start line and not like have the half marathon be my first race. So I did do one 5k this April. So I'd already been training maybe for a month and a half to two months. Um, and I loved it. Like, I just loved that feeling. Um, so that, I mean, that the 5k really was my first race, but it was all within those same few months. So, yeah. Yeah. So what was it that you loved? I mean, I know what I love about racing and running and it's been so awesome to have races back now. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so what yeah. was it that you loved? What, what is it about the running community that you found at that first 5k that you were like, oh yeah, this is where I belong. Um, yeah, I just loved, I loved being at the start line with all of these people. Like everyone had their own personal goals in their mind, but everyone's ultimate goal was the same thing to run your best, get to the finish. Um, and I just love that I was in this group of whatever it was, a few hundred people at that race that everybody was there for the same reason. Um, and I just loved seeing that I was able to do it because I never, like I said, I'd never run really other than, you know, a little bit on the treadmill here and there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, 20 minutes on the treadmill, just 
you know, for exercise, it wasn't. And so this was my first time ever running outside on the road. Um, but yeah, I just, I loved the way it made my body feel. I loved that piece of you, like when you're pushing yourself and seeing, okay, I think I can go a little bit faster. And I just love the way it made my body feel. So. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things about races, is, especially because we're not professionals, right? So right. <laughs> we're, we're trying to beat ourselves and everybody is in that one unified goal. Nobody's competing with each other. And so you're able to wish everybody good luck. And that just feels yes. really beautifully human. Yes, that's I love that part. I just feel like it's a very welcoming community um, from what I've experienced. You know, I know some people have not felt that experience, um, but, you know, I, I would have to say over the years, I did have, you know, a few people that, you know, would tell me, oh, well, you're too old, you're never going to get faster, you know, people that might have started running at in high school, you know, um, oh, this, you know, you get slower when you get older. And, you know, so that always stuck in my head. And I thought, well, um, yeah, well, I'm going to show them. <laughs> so, well, you, you know, did. I mean, for the, <laughs> yeah. You did and you have, I mean, so you ran that first half and how, how did that go? Cause well, what I'm alluding to is you've qualified for Boston a few times. Um, so I've qualified once. Oh, okay. Um, I have run Boston twice before I have family that were one of the big sponsors for the marathon. Okay. So the first two times, um, I was fortunate enough to get a bib and run in the charity wave. Um, and after I'd run it twice, I never even thought about quali qualifying. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't something that I really cared to do or I was just running because I loved running and I was happy to be running my hometown race and one of the most prestigious marathons. But uh, qualifying was still not, you know, on my mind. Um, and it wasn't until a few years later that I said, all right, well, if I'm ever running Boston again, I'm this is my next goal. And I'm putting my mind to that to qualify for Boston. So I qualified two years ago in 2019, um, which oh, qualified that's... me for, yeah. So, yeah. you know, and the window is so weird anyway. Um, and I didn't obviously know much of this until I really started trying to qualify, um, which I, that started in 2018 when I put my head <laughs> in that mission. But um, so I qualified in 2019 uh, of October for April, 2021. April was canceled yep. and it was moved to this October. And so I was able to register with my qualifying time. And because they um, decreased the field size by mm -hmm. 10,000 and then, you know, because of the pandemic, um, the cutoff was the biggest it's ever been. So yeah. even with my qualifying cushion, I didn't make 2021, but they opened up open up window so that we could use anyone a qualifying time after September 1st of 2019 could okay. use that time for 2022. So I was fortunate that my race fell into that window. So I was able to use that time again. So now I'm waiting. Okay. So <laughs> we're waiting. I make it. Yes. Oh yeah. man. So I registered last week and um, yeah, I'm just crossing my fingers. They increased the field size back to the full size. So I'm hoping that's on my side and yeah. So yeah. <laughs> waiting. Yeah. My, uh, my husband, we, we ran, so I just ran my first marathon. Um, I did New York city. Oh, very first. Congratulations. Oh. Thank you. And like I said, I'm 38 years old and I'm running my first marathon and my husband actually ran his first marathon at 38 years old. Now, um, at 40, he's New York. This last New York city one was his fourth. But he run the he ran the Atlantic City Marathon. I did the half in October, and he missed a BQ by a minute and fifty three seconds. Uh, but the wonderful if he's if he's that close, you know. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, the wonderful thing is that, like you said, age is just a number and he doesn't feel like, oh, I'm too old. You know, I didn't make it. I didn't make it. No, 
he's still yeah. pushing. And I think that's super admirable. And, and when I follow you and your story, because I've been injured a lot, I had a stress fracture back in May, I've suffered ITB issues, I am just not I'm not, I don't, I don't want to say I'm not built for running because I don't really care whether, whether I'm built for yeah. running, but I will find a way. And so I, I, I looked at your story and I was like, why, why not me? And those are the kinds of things that I love to share is the, is the inspiration of why not me? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I ran my first marathon at 41 and like you, I started dealing with injuries, um, burnout, overtraining. Um, there's a lot of components that go into, you know, getting injured and then staying injury-free. So I think, and especially as we age, um, those things are so important. Strength training, um, running your easy days easy and mm -hmm. easier than you think you even need to. Um, I, I mean... There are some days where I know I should slow down even more. Um, it just helps. And incorporating rest days, you know, some, there's so many different key components that can really change, you know, um, injuries and trying to keep them at bay. And now, so, so you started running at 40 and you've run all the halves and, and a bunch of marathons and you're also a certified coach. Yes. So how did you turn? So you've turned this newfound, relatively newfound passion into a lot of different things. You turned it into coaching and into your apparel business. So how did you do that? You just love it that much and you want to give back. Is that the feeling? Yeah, I, I really feel like when people tell me they don't run, I'm like, why not? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just giving, giving me so much happiness and brought so many amazing people into my life. Um, it's made me feel comfortable living in the skin I live in. Um, I battled eating disorders through college and for a couple of years after. Um, I feel that this has given such a great balance of learning how to not label certain foods as bad or good um, because you need to fuel your body yeah. for running. Um, so, so many pieces have formed around that aspect about loving your body and loving your body for what it can do, I think has been probably one of my number one things when I started running. I never thought in a million years that my body was capable of running the miles or running faster miles. Um, so that to me has been a huge piece of it. Um, I think I had mentioned before, I worked in the fashion industry before I had kids. And so when I became a stay-at-home mom and then started running and fell in love with the sport so much, I, I don't know, like a light went on once. And I was like, oh my God, I, I love clothing. I love fashion. I love running, um, working more. But now my kids are in school full-time. I think I feel like I need something to do. And so that's kind of how my business came to fruition. Um, so that's going on for about five. Well, I started like six years ago, but real like started advertising and, you know, promoting and all of that. It's been five years. Um, and then the coaching really, I just got certified um, this past May. Um, probably for the past couple of years, I've thought about it, but never really did anything with it. Um, I started, I hired a coach um, about three years ago and I saw how wonderful it was learning from somebody and what it was doing for my running and um, helping me feel more recovered and making my race times faster. And I just thought it was so amazing and how rewarding for her that that must feel when she's helping other people reach their goals. And I just love that. Like I, anyone that asks me for running advice, I love helping people. So I felt that was something that I wanted to do. And then during the pandemic last year, and we were home and I was like, oh, you know, like, what am I gonna do? Um, maybe I should get my certification now because I'm home and, you know, everything was online at this point. Um, 
course, was um, on a Zoom call. So I felt like, oh, this is the perfect time because we're not going anywhere. <laughs> and so that's when I signed up to get my certification. And um, yeah, so that's been really great too. I just, I love helping people. How is it going now? Because now there's more races. So do you find that you're, you have more opportunity to kind of coach people through to get uh, to achieve these goals? Yeah. So I've had a few people that I've coached over the last six months. Um, number one priority has been my Stiletto running brand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is just kind of like an addition to the brand. And like you said, I, I do, I would love to get back to what I've been so fortunate to receive by working with a coach. Um, so, you know, I just thought it would be a nice addition to add to my business. Yeah, you said something about um, when people tell you that they don't run and you're like, why? It's <laughs> it's so funny. I, I've kind of pulled back a few times because I don't want to be pushy, but I am very passionate in letting people know that if you want it, you can do it. Like if it's something that you're even thinking about, you can run. It doesn't require much. Um, You know, I completed my marathon running and walking and being able to achieve that goal in my own way gave me even more confidence. And like you said, I feel that much more comfortable in my own skin because I don't have to do it the way everybody else does. I can do it my own way. And as the mom of a child with special needs, I, I, she does so much her own way. And I, I just want to kind of shine that on everybody, you, right? In running, you kind of find your own way and do, do it what, in the manner that works best for you. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, and there's, you know, when people say, oh, well, I could never run or, oh, it hurts my knees or, you know, like there, there are so many ways to run and make it your own way. Like you said, um, you know, when people start running, if you've only walked, so you start walking and incorporate 30 seconds of jogging and you, I mean, you'd be surprised at what your body can end up doing. And when I have people say to me, oh, I, not only could I never run, but oh, I can never run 26.2 miles. Well, no, you, you could, and you train for it. I didn't wake up one morning and say, I'm going to go run a marathon. It took a lot of preparation and it took 10 years to get to the point in my running that I'm at. Um, it's, I think people want overnight success or immediate satisfaction um, in this day and era. <laughs> we all want something right now. We want it, we want it now. Um, it's patience, it's consistency, and all of these things can make running what you think running should be. Um, I, I mean, even though this was my ninth marathon, my first, my first four, five, I walked in all of them. I didn't run the entire, like that's, that was how I was able to get to the finish. Um, took me four or five marathons to be able to run the entire one without stopping and walking. Um, so, you know, that, that was five, six years of doing it that way until my body was able to run the entire marathon. So, yeah. And doing it that way doesn't make you any less of a marathoner. I, you know, yeah, yeah. 26.2 miles is 26.2 miles. As long as they're your steps. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I think, um, super relatable when I started training for the marathon. So I've been doing five K's since 2015. We did our first five K in honor of our daughter for Alex's lemonade stand foundation. Um, and uh, we did, we had a whole team, we did the fundraiser and we did this 5K. And even that 5K, I walked a bit and then we did it every year until uh, 2019 was our last one and then COVID. And mm-hmm. this year we did, uh, we did the New York marathon. So I was taking it easy by the time the 5K came around. Um, and so I had this, this idea in my head that I should be progressing a certain way. 
And in having that idea in my head, that's actually probably what led to my, my stress fracture was going too fast, too soon, too fast, too often, too many miles, too fat, too building too many miles too quickly and under fueling, which I think is a, is a chronic problem among runners, probably, especially female runners is under fueling. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think my favorite thing is if you're running a marathon to lose weight, you're doing, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I, I think every marathon training cycle, I put on a couple of pounds because I can't stop eating, yes. but it's fine. <laughs> no, it's, it is what it is. And, you know, you, you have to make that choice. Do you keep weight to a certain weight that the scale says, or are you looking for a certain goal? And if you want that goal time, you, you can't worry about what you're putting, I mean, worry about what you're in your mouth, but worry about all the right things for fueling. Um, but that's so true. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I've struggled with, with disordered eating and worrying too much about how my clothes fit. And, and I found so, I found it so liberating to finally shift my mindset in that my goal here is to finish this marathon uninjured. And if that means that I'm eating all the things and I'm gaining weight, which I did, um, I gained muscle, but I also gained weight because I was eating all the things. And I was not letting myself, I was, I was reading my hunger cues, which is something that I think um, I've never been very good at. And it's so liberating. And like you said, through running, you find this love of being in your own skin. Mm-hmm. My body did all of that and it needed all of that food and it needed all of that sleep. And look at what, what I was able to do. Yeah, absolutely. Now it makes all the difference for sure. Yeah. So tell me about how, so super duper rewind. Tell me about how you felt after you, you completed that bucket list item of that half marathon, that first one. So, all right. It was hard. (laughs) No, no question. Um, Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, halfway through thinking, oh my God, like, how am I ever going to finish this? Um, And at the time, my longest training run was 10, maybe 11 miles. Um, So, you know, that goes through your head. Like how, you know, with the same thing with the marathon distance, most people only train up to 2022. And, you know, so when you're, you know, a few miles away from the finish line, your mind starts going. And I remember being at mile 10 or 11 and thinking, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to get these last two miles to the finish. Um, And I did. And at the time I remember thinking, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And, and I cried and I was just so proud of myself. Like I just couldn't believe that I had put my mind to something and actually accomplished something that I never dreamed that I could have done. and it really, at the moment, thought it was a bucket list. I was like, okay, check, good. And I remember the girls that I ran the race with, we had gone to a pool club at the time and we all met at the pool club after and we sat on the lounge chairs, like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> lying there for the rest of the day. Like I couldn't move, like everything hurt for three days. Um, and I think a few days later, um, oh, I, I finished in a 2.02 and so, a few days later, I was like, hmm, I think, I think I'm going to try and get it under two hours. And then I registered for the next one. Wow. <laughs> so, but I remember crossing the finish line and being like, I'm never doing this again. And yeah. it only took a few more days to say, well, I was really close to the two hour mark. And when I went into the race, I had no idea like what paces meant, mm-hmm. what was a what people would say was a good time or a bad time. Like I, I had no idea. And, you know, after that, then hearing people saying, Oh my God, you were so close to two hours. Like two hours is such a big deal. Like I didn't, I didn't know that at the time. Like it was, you know, people were just saying to me, so, you know, I thought, okay, my next goal, I want to break two hours. And then, yeah, then it just kept going from there. <laughs> so how, so you're, you've got two boys, right? I do. Yep. They are 19 and 16. And how is training, you know, one of the things about marathon training is that it takes a lot of time. Um, and I feel like I also get this 
you know, how do you train and take care of Izzy? How do you take the time? How do you find the time? Um, and I always say, if it's something that you want, you will find the time. So how, how do you find the time? Because you're also running a business. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. If, if you want something bad enough, you will make the time. Um, there's no excuse for anything. That's how I always <laughs> tell my kids. There's no excuse, you know, whatever you want to do, there's no excuse. Things can get done. Um, I mean, I am fortunate that I do own my own business and make my own hours, um, which is a good thing. Um, and when I did start training, my kids were in school full time. So, you know, most people do their long runs on Saturday or Sundays. And there were two things that I said to myself when I started long distance training. I said, if I'm not happy doing this and it takes away my happiness that mm -hmm. like running becomes a chore, then I will stop putting the pressure on myself. I will stop doing the races because I'm doing this because I love it. And if it gets to that point where I fall out of love with it or it just doesn't make me happy anymore, then, it, then it's not worth my time. For me, that worked for me. I know everyone is um, not as fortunate to be able to do their long runs when they, you know, when they want to. Um, but, you know, even if I had to do them on a Saturday or Sunday, I'm not a person, but if I had to get up at 4 a.m. to go get a 20 miler in, so I would be back in time for when the kids were waking up, then I would have done it because I've loved it so much that it would be worth it to me. We, um, you do find, you do find a way if you love it. So one of the things my husband and I did, um, because I've been so injured and, and for him, um, I've been injured and I keep coming back and injured and keep coming back. And, and he's like, I want this for you as much as you want it for yourself. So we actually would drop is off at my in-laws. And so it was a nice time for her to spend time with her grandparents while he and I would go running together. So you do, you do find a way. Um, but I remember one time before, actually this was back in 2020, it was Valentine's day of 2020. I went out, I believe for a 14 mile run. And that day was also Izzy's uh, Valentine's day party when, you know, parents were still allowed to go into yeah. the classroom. Um, and, and my run took longer than I thought. I basically went home, showered, made myself a, like a protein shake with the, like the kitchen sink in it and <laughs> went to this Valentine's day party because I was not going to, to miss it. So it's really, you find, you find a way to make it happen. Um, however possible, if it's important to you. Yeah, for sure. And you know, if you have a, a spouse that runs, they, they get it, Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is nice for you, you know? Um, but you know, and if, and if your spouse doesn't run, hopefully they're supportive enough to make that time for, you know, for you to get out and go for your runs. Yeah. Funny story. Um, I had interviewed a friend, Tiffany, uh, a few episodes ago, and her husband is not a runner, but she was, she was on a tremendous run streak when her daughter was born. Um, and that morning before her before she went into labor, she went for a run. Oh my God. <laughs> the next morning, her husband and uh, this, this story just like it melts my heart. Her husband, he's like, honey, they're in the hospital, mind you. Oh my gosh. Like, honey, if you want to go, go and get in a mile to keep the streak alive, I, I can be here. Oh. Isn't that the most wonderful thing? Yeah. <laughs> and did she go? No, I mean, I can't no, imagine. No. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. No, she didn't. She didn't. Okay. She's like, um, I'm really into it, but not like, not like that. Right. Right. Oh, that is sweet. It's the thought that counts. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you said like, you tell your, your boys, if, if you want it, you make it happen. No excuses. Do you feel yeah. like, um, your commitment to running and to reaching these incredible goals, um, does that translate into everything like translate into how they approach life too? Like, inspire, does it inspire still, them? I don't know. I mean, they're definitely, you know, always mom. Oh my God, I'm so proud of you, but oh, I can never go run those miles. Like they, they both cannot stand running. I, my older one did cross country 
um, for three years in middle school. Um, I wouldn't say I pushed him, but I was like, oh, you should do it. You know, um, he never complained about it, but he didn't like it. Um, my young one ran cross country the first year of middle school. And he was like, mom, I just, I just hate this. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to make you do something that you hate. Yeah. Like that's, that's not fair. Um, I don't know. I still think, you know, they're teenagers. So I, I still, and it's funny because, you know, my older one's in college, he's 19 and you would think he'd be old enough. Um, not to say that I'm not inspiring him or like he, it's carrying through in his life, but I, I do feel like in saying this now at 50 years old, I can look back and say, when I was 19, I didn't care what my parents were doing. I didn't, it just didn't, you're so self-absorbed when you're in college and I'm seeing that now with two teenagers it's everything is about their world and their bubble and whatever's going on and I I do hope and I think maybe five ten years down the road they will look back when they're you know out in the real world and working full-time they will look back and say oh I because my mom stuck it out and she grinded to those finish lines even when she was feeling horrible and miserable and hurting. And um, if she could do it, I could do it. So I, I think it's going to take a little while for them to see that. But I, I do think that's something to come. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it gets there eventually, you know, when, um, when we talk to is about certain goals and certain things, my my favorite thing, and I think I'm driving her crazy. Now, mind you, is Izzy is only eight. Yeah. But um, if you ever meet her or talk to her or see her or, or know about her, you will understand that she's also like 40 years old at heart. Um, she's an old, <laughs> an old soul. soul. <laughs> but, um, but I probably drive her crazy because I say, mama, you don't just get up and run a marathon. You get up and you run a mile. And that's kind of our, our new mantra. Um, you get up and you run a mile. You get up and you work on just this task and eventually it becomes the whole don't overwhelm yourself um, looking too far ahead and for me running has taught me so many different ways to approach life in a much healthier way I don't know I mean we've touched on it a little bit um, but you find that the same is true for you oh absolutely I in so many aspects um, I mean I know you know, with elite runners and there's all this like stigma around eating disorders with the pro athlete, the, you know, pro runners. And, um, for me, it was the other way. Like I felt like it just gave me a reason to want to fuel my body properly. Um, because I knew it was doing good if I wanted to keep running. You've mentioned about your, your eating disorder. What, what did that look like? And how did you make it to, to 40 healthy, and then we're able to turn that into, um, turn it into a positive in a way where, where you're able to understand now the relationship between nourishing your body and being able to accomplish these huge goals. Well, I think, uh, the eating disorders were, um, kind of took place like through college and a couple of years after. So even though, into my adult life, um, I really probably since like my early to mid twenties hadn't looked back on that. Um, but I found I was always still concerned with, you know, my appearance or, um, and even though I was eating all the foods that I enjoyed, uh, I, you know, there's still a little bit of body dysmorphia, especially when I did start running, um, at 40, uh, I kind of realized my body was changing with running too. Um, and in a good way, it was becoming more fit. And even though I always worked out and whatever, um, but I, I don't think, I don't think that running per se really, I don't know. I, the fueling, the fueling was just so important to me mm -hmm. and I just knew that if I had fallen back into my own way, old ways, then running would not be able to continue the way it was continuing. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's, it's relatable. I think, you know, the more I speak to people, especially women 
Um, and for me too, I have been able to open up through these conversations. Um, I've had anxiety and depression for as long as I can remember, probably 13. Um, and um, I did in high school um, not eat on purpose. Um, you know, you tend to kind of gauge your self-worth for a little bit on how hungry are you feeling? Am I accomplishing this goal of like being hungry, which is unless you've been there, it sounds absurd. Right. But I think running, running for sure. um, And I think that's where I was going with that too, is that running, you're so in tune with your body and you are realizing when you're hungry (laughs) because the the more you run, the hungrier you are. And so, like you said, for someone who's never gone through that, it's hard to decipher between, am I hungry or am I just eating because I'm eating or am I not eating because I'm not eating? Mm -hmm. Um, But with running, I definitely, there are days where I'm like, oh my God, I'm starving. Like I really am starving. Like I feel my stomach like grinding, you know? Um, So I think running for sure helps you be in tune with your hunger levels or or lack of hunger levels. Oh yeah. I finally love feeling not hungry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right. I, I love feeling like, okay, I've got energy. I, I mean, on top of everything, you realize after a while, okay, even though I just ran all these miles, I have all of this energy and it's because I'm eating. Yeah. And it's something that I'm learning is more prevalent than I thought. In, in different ways, maybe not full-blown eating disorders, but definitely disordered eating, um, definitely um, relationship, people's relationship with food uh, is very complex, very, very complex. Um, so I appreciate having these conversations and, and kind of being more candid about that as well. Yeah, I think it's more prevalent than people really know. Um, you know, it, I mean, especially I think for younger girls right now with social media, it's just, you know, I mean, that's the other thing too. I mean, people will see me posting and I'm just a tiny person anyway. Um, but, you know, you can look at the picture and be like, oh, what is she, you know, what is she complaining about or what? Yeah. Well, you also don't know the story, you know, behind the picture sometimes. And, the years of starving or binging and purging and being 30 pounds heavier than I was. So, you know, I'll sometimes get comments from people, you know, saying, oh, well, you have, you have no idea what it's like to, you know, have this extra weight on you. Well, no, I do. And I'm only 5'2". So 30 pounds on someone who's 5'2 is a lot of extra weight that is unhealthy. Um, so I do know what it's like. And I want people to be able to relate to me, even though they might look at me and say, you know, well, you have no idea, but I do. So, um, you know, and that's a big part of my Instagram page too, is being open and candid on, you know, battling with eating disorders in the past. And, you know, I want everybody to know that everybody, even though you might look differently, um, people don't know what's going on in your past or on the inside. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and hopefully there's, there's also like this fine balance of um, creating awareness and um, sharing and, um, and allowing people in too. You've got like, I find um, sometimes I walk that line a little too narrowly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I guess if you're putting yourself out there, you know, there's certain things that, you know, if I, if I want to inspire other runners to take that first step to run or take that first step to try a new distance or take that next step to try to get faster. um, I want them to know that it didn't come so easily. It didn't just happen overnight. And There were obstacles along the way for my 10 years of running and, and my past. And, Mm -hmm. um, so it, 
yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm not so sure how much to share and how much I should share, but I do feel like when people get a good look or inside to what's your life outside of just running, um, that's when I find that I can inspire others. And I've been inspired by others who have shared their stories. Yes. So this journey over the last 10 years of running, um, I saw somewhere that there is also a major surgery involved in, in getting to where you are now. Was it, run, was it a running injury? No. So um, in 2017, so yeah, end of 2017, um, well, the beginning, my mother had been diagnosed with uterine cancer and, um, and she's fine. Um, but, um, and I had my annual checkup and started dealing with just all these different issues. Got my period. It wasn't stopping. It was like three weeks still going. And so went back to my doctor and he was like, you know what? I really want to do some, you know, different types of, um, exams. And I want to run some genetic testing based on what had just transpired with my mother and my grandmother had passed away from ovarian cancer. So there was a history. Um, and when I got the genetic testing back, it had said that I was at high risk for uterine cancer and all the issues that I had going on were getting worse. Mm. And um, after you know some different testing and things like that, um, my doctor had recommended a hysterectomy. Um, you know, he said with the, with the risk and all the issues, it's, could be a matter of time and you're done having children. Um, at the time I was, I was turning 47 that spring. And, um, so I said, you know what, just do it. I don't, you know, why do I want to take this risk? And so that January of 2018, I had a full hysterectomy, um, which, you know, was a hard decision to make. Um, I remember my mother like laughing and crying because she had had a hysterectomy that previous year, um, obviously a lot older, but I remember her saying to me, um, it's just so sad. That's where you and your sister lived. <laughs> like, kind of, I, was like, I was like, mom, like, but, but and, yeah. And, but that's kind of like how I felt like, you know, at 47, I was done having children, have my two kids. Um, but it was that feeling. I was like, oh, that's where my kids lived. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was, hard, it was definitely a hard thing to go through. Um, more than anything, it was the after. Um, I lost half my hair. Um, I lost like, I don't even know, 10, 12 pounds. Like, and I didn't, I mean, that was 10, 12 pounds of like off of it. Like I did not need to lose weight. Yeah. Um, I was just, and like you had definitely dealt with depression and anxiety. Um, I think that kind of goes hand in hand with disordered eating. Um, so it just was like, everything just came crashing down for a few months. Um, you know, no energy and just no hormones. And I was just a disaster. <laughs> um, you know, then came, oh my God, am I ever going to run again? So something that was giving me so much joy for seven years. So you took that away and everything else that was going on inside, it was just um, a tornado. <laughs> I, I, can't, um, I can imagine. Yeah. So then, and that's when, you know, after maybe a month of like recovery was on the mend and I had to wait eight weeks before I could start running again. But so around like the six, seven week mark, and I was pretty much feeling back to myself. Um, I thought, you know what, if I'm going to start running again, like I'm going to do everything that people had said, you'll never do You're get faster as you're getting older. Um, you'll never qualify for Boston. Like all these things like kept going through my head. I'm like, well, you know what? Like I just went through an, a life changing surgery. I'm going to go back at it and make it the best comeback ever. And so I hired a coach and that is when I started training completely differently than I had trained for the last seven years prior. And um, yeah, I mean, I had that year back was the best year I had had in the seven or so years that I was running. Um, it was just a great year and I, I loved working with a coach and loved 
the different types of training. I always went into it with, um, ran the same pace all the time. Um, so even though I had been running for seven years, kind of didn't know what I was doing still, I guess. So, um, so not that I would ever wish this type of surgery on anyone, but it, like, like I said, it was almost like life-changing in another sense that Mm -hmm. kind of pulled me back into where and why I loved running so much and how I wanted to take it to the next level. Well, I love that story. And so two, two things, one, um, so belly buttons, I tell my daughter, your belly button is proof that you were connected to mama. So you've got belly buttons. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) That's cute. (laughs) And she goes, ew. (laughs) (laughs) Too funny. (laughs) Um, And the second thing, so with the hysterectomy, you're dealing with so many hormonal changes. How did that affect your, your running? And for you to be able to make that huge comeback, um, how did that all play a role? So oddly enough, um, well, and come to find out after the hysterectomy, like the doctor came in and gave me like all, you know, everything went out to pathology and biopsies and everything. And, um, there were precancerous cells. So it was a good thing that everything was done. Um, but I also was told that I had endometriosis and like, who knew? Um, but then looking back, I, if I ever had my period, like during race week or a race, I was doubled over miserable. Like it was like, I would stay in bed for a day or two, or like just curl up in a ball, like worst cramps ever. So that obviously made sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think the fact that I stopped getting my period was like the best thing because (laughs) I was miserable for probably a week every month. So, um, so that actually helped with my running, um, but with, um, you know, being 47 and going through that put me into early menopause. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to have, um, it's called an estradiol hormonal patch. I okay. have to wear on my like hip and, um, change that twice a week. But thankfully, like after probably three or four months, like everything kind of settled and, I've kind of been unfazed by it, which was a good thing because it really, like I said, the first couple of months after surgery were just, I mean, I couldn't stop crying. And I mean, it really, the hormones were just <laughs> like all over the place. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I was fortunate. I don't know, you know, really what other, and I know of two other people that I follow on social media that just went through the surgery, but I don't think either of them had their ovaries removed, which is what that's what causes the hormonal shifts. So, um, but yeah, I think, um, I didn't really notice too much of a difference when I started running again, I honestly felt like I had more energy, but I think, like I said, every month when I would have my period, it would knock me out. So I think that probably was a blessing in disguise for me. That's really interesting. And I think it's really hopeful. Um, you know, who knows who's out there, Right. About to go through the same thing. So that that's hopeful. Even even though everybody's case is different, it's always nice right. to, hold on to hold on to some hope. Um, yeah. And so now I want to talk a little bit more about your your business, about stiletto running, because all of your stuff is so cute. I think my favorite and um is I can't, I have a long run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's perfect. I think I would wear the sweater and just be like, no, no. Here, read, read the shirt. <laughs> so true, right? <laughs> it's so true. And so where, so where do you come up with your, your ideas? What, um, what are your, what are your favorite pieces? How do you procure these pieces? Um, just tell me all about your business. Yeah. So I, I think, um, well, when I first started, um, getting the idea in my head that I wanted to do something with running apparel about six years ago. Um, it initially started um, just designing running tights and that my ideas kind of came from where I live in Connecticut. Um, there's no sidewalks. So you're running on the road and you know, people these days with texting and distracted driving and 
I wanted people to be able to see me. Um, I wear a lot of dark colors all the time, um, except for when I run, I realized, you know, you have to wear something bright and flashy so people can see you. Um, so that's kind of initially how it started with um, hot neon pink running tights, um, different patterns with that. And then after maybe about a year or so, people would ask me, oh, do you have any tops that I could coordinate with the bottoms? So then I started expanding and designing tanks and sweatshirts and you know long sleeve, things like that. Um, but a lot of my ideas are, they come to me on my runs a lot too. Mm. Um, really like just like the, I can't, I have a long run tomorrow. Like, you know, I'd be at a friend's house on a Thursday night because I do my long runs on Friday yeah. um, or like book club or something. And everyone would be drinking wine. And I'm like, no, I can't, I have a long run tomorrow. <laughs> so like, it was just, just something that I would always say. Um, or, you know, like I'll be somewhere and there'll be a sign has nothing to do with running, but I'm like, oh, well, if I change that word, that word, like it's actually kind of funny. Like, <laughs> so uh, things like that, I've just, heard different sayings and kind of put my own spin on it to relate to running. So, so you design the actual pieces? So I design all of the patterns for all of the tights and shorts. Um, I just come up with different, um, I have a manufacturer and they have the graphic person that puts my ideas onto the tights. So like, you know, if I have um, my first one was a peacock pattern and I just loved peacock patterns. And so I would just find all these different peacock patterns <laughs> and send to my graphic designer and I would have her get them, get the patterns, you know, the way I would want them on the tights. So like, and I do, I think after working in the fashion industry for so long, um, I love trends and I love following the Pantone color of the year or the Pantone color of the season. So I try to kind of go with whatever the fashion industry is doing. So like I have new tights coming out, should be here next week, um, going with the fall 2021, winter 2022 color palettes. And, and then I'll look into what uh, patterns are trending in the fashion world. So right now the Chevron is a big pattern that's being seen on the runway. So I put my own twist on Chevron design with the color palette that's coming out for Pantone and that's the next design that's coming out on the tights. Um, and then all of the sayings, I do all the graphics for that. Okay. Um, I, I didn't have anything to do with graphics when I worked in the fashion industry. I was in merchandising, mm -hmm. um, but I taught myself how to do graphic design. <laughs> so I'll come up with all the different fonts and the layouts and whatever for um, all the different wording. And I feel like as I've, and I, can look back at like some of my beginning styles to now and it's definitely evolved <laughs> so it's fun well that's really cool and so that means that all of your pieces all of your your leggings and your tops are are all yours it's not something that yes. you can find anything well you might find something similar in a store but these are these are your ideas in clothing, which I, I find awesome. It's not like you're procuring, um, oh, these are the leggings I want to have in my shop. No, you actually design them. Yes. Yep. So I design everything, um, you know, and it's, gets hard sometimes being creative on funny sayings. And cause I feel like the things that are funny and that make people laugh are the best sellers. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then there's also only so many things you can do with marathoner or run or 26.2, because there are people out there doing that stuff. I know that, but you know, that's nothing new. We're all, <laughs> we're all, if you're a runner and you want something that says run on it, like, you know, it's out there. Um, so I do try to come up with things that are different and funny and quirky. <laughs> um, so my favorite sign uh, that I saw at the marathon was somebody held up a sign and it said, I've been trying to reach you about your extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and the other day I, um, 
I was sitting down with Izzy and I said, mama, I want to speak to you about something. And she said, is it about my extended car warranty? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and she's eight. <laughs> That's too cute. So if there's any way to, to have that anything to do with running, um, I will be the first one to purchase <laughs> that piece. Well, and that's where I mean, a lot of my ideas will come from stuff like, like that, like, um, you know, like I said, you see a sign somewhere or during a race, I wish I felt better during Chicago marathon, because I'm sure there were great signs. I couldn't even look at any of them, but, um, I ran New York, um, a few years ago, which by the way, is my favorite race ever. I'm yeah, sure you had amazing. the best time. Um, and I wish I could remember some of the signs, but I saw some good ones at that race. <laughs> so, I mean, things like that, that, that gives me inspiration for some of the things that I come up with when I see, you know, race signs or things just like that people would say during a race or things that you might be thinking while you're running a race, yeah. on, you know, <laughs> so things like that. Yeah. And I, we, we didn't even talk about the Chicago marathon. It was so oh. humid. My understanding is that it was so humid that day. It was humid and it was hot. It was 79 when I finished. Oh man. So it was, yeah, it was, and it was 73 when I started. So 73 degrees with hundred percent humidity and the dew point was like probably in the high sixties. Like it was not an ideal race condition day whatsoever. Um, no. you know, it was, um, I wish I could say Chicago's an amazing race because I had such a bad experience and I, I feel like I would want to do it again because I've never met anybody or seen anybody on social media say that they dislike Chicago. Everyone has had nothing but rave reviews about it. I just had such a horrible day that it's hard for me to <laughs> even have anything good to say about it. Um, but honestly, I mean, the crowd support's amazing. It, I mean, it was like New York. I mean, it was screaming people from beginning to end, um, you know, and when you're surrounded by other runners that are running the same pace as you, like everybody's in it together. I mean, it's an amazing race. I just, it was probably my top two worst races. Um, and not my worst race time, but my worst race, like physically, just, and mentally. I mean, I started dry heaving, throwing up at mile 19. I got stung by a bee oh, at mile yeah. 23. And then um, after we finished, um, my friend that I ran with, she had finished way ahead of me. Um, she was at the finish. And as we started walking to our hotel, we weren't even out of like the finish area. And I was like, I don't, feel good. And I'm like, I got to sit down. I can't even walk back to the hotel. So we just sat there for like 20 minutes. And I was like, I think, I think I'm dehydrated. I'm like, mm. I think I need IV or something. I'm like, this is not good. Like I was covered in salt. Mm. And, um, so then the medic was like across the street, but it was like a huge, big wide street to get to. And so I was like, we got to go. So we started walking and I didn't even make it halfway across the street before I ended up on the ground and was throwing up everywhere. And, oh, geez. And so she ran and she got the medics and they came over and um, they Gatorade and Pringles. And they're like, you, you're dehydrated. You need to drink this. And I hate Gatorade. I don't drink it. But I was at that point, I was like, I got to take anything. And um, so I was sipping it slowly. And like, even within a few minutes of just sipping, like I could feel like my whole body coming back to life. I'm like, and the nausea went away finally. And so, yeah, I mean, I was just completely dehydrated. Wow. So, well, was... I mean, most, most of the people I follow who ran Chicago, um, they did not have a good day. It was, yeah. it was just not awesome conditions. No, not at all. <laughs> but you did it. And actually one of the, one of the funniest things um, that you posted that day was you did some walking afterward. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you got up to like 31 miles for the day. <laughs> I think you said, does that mean I'm officially an ultra runner? Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny you said that because when I ran New York, I remember seeing my walk at the end of the day because getting out of the finish line in New York and then my dad lives in the city. So then we, uh, he lives in the Lower East Village. So like, by the time we left there and we went down to my dad's and then we walked and had dinner. And I, I think, yeah. So I think, I think that day, I think I put on like 31 on my watch and in Chicago it was 37. That's right. 
that was crazy. Like I've never, I was like, what the, yeah. So, I mean, thank God I felt better. And I drank two Gatorades after that. And, um, and then after I ate, like I just felt so much better, but we walked and walked like all over the city after that was, that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, uh, that, that's, that's a lot. I did not walk around New York city much after I just, I was ready to be done. Um, but it, it, it really was an incredible race. And my husband did it in 2019. Mm-hmm. And he said the crowds this year were even crazier, just like, oh, I'm sure even bigger. Yeah. Was that, was that the same for Chicago Were people just like out in full force? I think so. I think everyone was just so excited to have big races back. Like not only the runners, but the spectators, especially like in the big cities where it's a huge thing. Like growing up in Boston, I, I mean, we went to the marathon all the time, like, and I wasn't a runner. It was just something that everybody did. So I think, you know, in Chicago and New York, like everyone was just so happy in New York. The weather was amazing that day. Oh my gosh. It was perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I was going to say what I, what I love about the Boston marathon and I've actually never spectated and I lived up in Worcester for six years. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I, I didn't really know running. It was, it was when I was in college, I was not really aware. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but what I love about it is it's on Patriots day. So it's a holiday. And, and so you're going to drive more people out in celebration. Um, so I think that that makes it very special as well. Oh yeah. It was uh, so much fun growing up and even into my adult years, I worked like two miles from Heartbreak Hill. So I would go during my lunch hour and a whole bunch of us would go and just sit and eat at our lunch outside and watch the marathon at Heartbreak Hill. So um, yeah, it was so much fun. That's so awesome. much fun. It's a great, I mean, not only a great race to run, but a great race to spectate. It's just, and usually it's opening day at Fenway. Like mm-hmm. it just, I mean, Boston's just, everybody's out. Like it's just a crazy day. And in Boston and not I'm a Yankees fan so it's not like cool but what was really interesting is that (laughs) there's always a Sox game for the um for the uh for the marathon and this year you know yay for them they got into the playoffs and beat the Yankees but that's that's a whole nother can of worms (laughs) I really think that um that we shared a lot that's that's relevant to a lot of people, a lot of hopeful things, a lot of very honest and real things. And, you know, um, we're humans and humans are amazing and we can do amazing things if we just put ourselves out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially as women and female runners and, um, with age, I mean, like I had said previously, don't let anyone ever tell you that you are not capable or you're too slow or, or, you know, or not thin enough or, you know, everyone is welcome in this community. And I think that's one of the things that I love the most about it, so. Yeah, and and if anybody ever feels unwelcome, it's um, like, Mr. Rogers said, find, find the helpers wherever yeah. you are. For sure. Don't forget to visit stilettorunning.com. All pieces are designed by Shanna, so you know you're getting something super unique and super cute. And we all know that new running clothes can really get you out the door on those days you're less than motivated. And take 25% off using the code OPTIMISM. And as always, let me know what you think about the show. Love it? Not so much? Want to hear something else? I would love to know. Until next time.